We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It is a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Matthew Lane, happy Monday to you, my friend. Thank you for wishing me a happy Monday. There's nothing I love more than a good old Monday uh, during the non-football season. Like when there's not real games being played, there's nothing that brightens my day quite like a Monday. So I appreciate that, Kent. Um, same back at you. Uh, flannel, and it's like 80 degrees here. That's a, that's a bold strategy, uh. Craig, not exactly, it's not exactly cold here either. <laughs> and just up here, living his mountain man life. Uh, I I want to give a big shout out to our very good pal, Christian Gumminger. Congratulations, buddy. You'll find out why soon. I'm sure all of you soon enough. But congratulations, buddy. Really happy for you guys. Oh, yes, absolutely. Congratulations to our dear pal, Christian Gumminger. Uh, thanks, everybody, that's hanging out with us today. We are going to be doing a state of the roster as we have been doing kind of the series that we started. Um, and we are uh, reviewing it on the cheeseburger scale because we are a quite serious program here. Uh, just as a reminder, the, uh, the the rankings of Cheeseburgers Town topic is Andy's favorite cheeseburger. That is the highest grade you can get. Then you got Westport Flea Market, you got Whataburger, and then you got McDonald's Burger. We are going to be doing three positions today, the state of the positions uh, and outlook on the draft, free agency, et cetera. We're doing interior defensive line, quarterback, and interior offensive line. So, Matthew, there is offensive linemen involved today, uh, which we will start whole thing. addressing. The, the, the no. whole offensive line. Nope, nope. Your memory the is... Uh, boy, you have the memory of a goldfish. 
Um, let's start with the interior defensive line. That's IDT, that's DT, that's interior defensive line only, Matthew. Uh, yeah, does this include guys that can play outside and inside, or just guys? <laughs> I see what you did there, but that's that's, that's, this is that's like a, a third down, third down defensive line package. Are they in the dime? This is the most Maddie segment of all time. Are they? We're going to wanting this or NASCARing this like nobody NASCARs anymore. I think we just gonna change it to F one. Like, so is that what's happening? Is that what we're talking about? If, if Guther Steiner can call the plays for the Chiefs, that'd be oh. kind of fun. So uh, I'm a boat. <laughs> Craig's dreaming right now. Uh, but we're gonna start with the interior defensive line today. Let's talk about the state of the interior defensive line on the Andy Reid cheeseburger scale. Matthew Lane, as the roster currently sits, what are you giving the interior defensive line on the Andy Reid cheeseburger scale? Well, first of all, the Andy cheeseburger scale, I'm sure most people know what it is, but the quick rundown is, uh, what is it, town topic is top of the notch. That's top of the line. That's not our choice. That's Big Reds. Take it up with him if you don't like town topic being number one. Number two, which is above average, we got the Westport Flea Market cheeseburger. Below average, you know, not quite good enough. What did we end up settling with here? What a Whataburger. Finally, please, please, please replace this unit immediately is McDonald's, okay? <laughs> so This section is sponsored by McDonald's. We are looking at... We we'll have to switch to Burger King then, I guess. Um, so anyway, we're looking at the defensive tackle position. I, I can't... Chris Jones is really good, right? Like, Chris Jones is a really good football player. And I like Tershawn Wharton, but he's coming back from an injury and he's still kind of a rotational guy. And then... It, Chiefs brought back Derek Nottie, which is a good guy to have in the room, right? You want to have a guy that can play nose tackle, that can come in there and eat snaps. He's been around for a while, but uh, I mean, outside this, what are we looking at? Daniel Wise competing with Byron Cowart, Danny Shelton trying to get into a roster. Like this unit falls off real fast. It sounds crazy, but despite having Chris Jones, the best defensive tackle in the NFL, this is a Whataburger. And I mean, and he's the only thing stopping it from being a hard McDonald's, like a McDonald's that like messes up your order. Like if it was anybody but Chris Jones, this would be like McDonald's and you get home and you realize you don't even have a burger patty in there. You just have a bun and toppings. Yeah, it's not great outside of a potential probable Hall of Fame defensive tackle, be the second best defensive tackle of his generation and the best defensive tackle in the league last year. But it takes a lot more than that because they do rotate so often with this. Chris Jones can't play the amount of snaps that you just had him play. Again, that was kind of by necessity. With Torque with Tur Wharton getting hurt, you didn't have another three-tech that you really trusted to come in there and do that. You had Colin Saunders that was kind of taking over the nose tackle position. He's in New Orleans now. You had Derek Nadi who was having arguably the worst year of his career, took a serious step back this year. And then... You had a bunch of guys on the interior. Brandon Williams, Danny Shelton got to play just for a little bit there, but there weren't a whole lot of bodies on the interior that you really could count on other than Chris Jones. Now, at this point in the season, with the depth chart the way that it is, there's still not a whole lot of bodies on the interior that you can count on other than Chris Jones. I definitely think that they're going to add some players, and maybe that we'll get into that here in just a little bit here, but as it stands right now, that Hall of Fame level player is the only thing keeping this from being arguably the worst position group on the team this year. And that is hard to do. Obviously, you do have Chris Jones there. That makes a big difference. So, yeah, it's a solid Whataburger for me, too. 
Same. Sweep it. Whataburger. Um, you're thrilled to be uh, enjoying a burger, but you know that there's maybe some better ones out there for you. And I think with, you know, with Chris Jones is, is the obvious, like, he's, you know, he's he's exactly, you know, he's one of the best defensive linemen in the, in the entire league. Man, it's just so much sleep just leaves so much to be desired surrounding him. And the Chiefs have been able to navigate that without... I mean, they, they have one blue chip on their defensive line. They've had one blue chip on their defensive line here, you know, honestly, for a while. I mean, Frank Clark has been paid like a blue chip, and we all love Frank Clark very, very much here. I don't think he played as a... He wasn't quite a blue chip level player. Um, So, yeah, the interior has hit has Chris Jones, and that's it. And, and they've been able to to have a lot of success, you know, with the with the front they've had. But it's a group that can be improved for sure. Uh, and I think that's the question. So, how much? I guess the big question for us here, if we're sitting here today in April, how much of an investment do we think the Kansas City Chiefs need to make along the interior of their defensive line in the draft? And does Chris Jones' contract situation? change that opinion one way or the other well I mean, that's the big question right what where do you sit right now with the chris jones contract extension i know there's been various reports over the past couple of weeks that they you know they haven't really started to tackle that endeavor i find that hard to believe that that hasn't even started but okay maybe but then also there's reports now that that's like the the last thing from nate taylor at the athletic was saying that's kind of the last thing this chief's defensive overhaul needs is to get this chris jones extension done so like I don't know where they are on this scale right now. Chris Jones very much has got to the point of uh, Brett Veach saying, you know, I'm good, right? He's hit that point where he's old enough. You can make a case that his best football is now going to be behind him. So why are you going to empty the bag on Chris Jones? That's kind of not exactly what they did with Tyreek Hill, but same general concept of they didn't want to pay him top money. Maybe age was a factor. Maybe it wasn't. That's just kind of where they got to, right? And so now... Are they there with Chris Jones? It gets really hard with Chris Jones because I think he took a very visible, a very evident step this past year. Like, he clearly elevated his game to a level that it wasn't. Tyreek Hill's been the same guy. Really damn good this entire time. Chris Jones got better. So now are you going to pull the plug as he's potentially still peaking? I, I don't know the answer. I doubt it. Like, it seems like a good idea for the Chiefs to lock in this guy that kind of fixes a lot of problems they have on defense. And if you do that, I think that completely changes how much you have to invest in the defensive line. Yeah. Turning 29 here in, you know, a couple of months um, actually has a step down in his cap hit this year from last year. He was a $29.4 million cap hit last year. Step down to $28 million only in his cap hit this year. But they can save a lot of money by extending him. That, uh, that opens up a lot of stuff here one of those that you look at and you go well, why didn't that happen before free agency obviously not something that they really felt like they needed all that money to make the moves that they needed to make and by and large I agree with them I haven't looked at a lot of these moves and said oh man I really wish they would have done x y and z there are a couple moves that I would still like for them to have they obviously want a cushion that way there's a team that's dealing at the trade deadline you want to be able to have that flexibility to make moves and they like to go into the season with five to ten million dollars in cap space, just in case they got assigned guys for injury, what have you. So Chris Jones is the most logical guy to make that. But yes, as Maddie said, Brett Veach, 
a guy that doesn't like to pay olds, and this is going to be an old. I would agree with all that sentiment if they had tried to add more bodies on this defensive line, but they just haven't, even at the defensive end position. I know that we're going to get into the dime. Turk Wharton's going to come in next to him. You're going to have Mike Dana, George Karloftis, Charles Aminahue. I like that dime grouping with Chris Jones. You take Chris Jones out of it, I hate it. Like, I really do, because he's going to be the focus for everybody that gets everybody else single teams, and if somebody is winning enough or you have a weak link on the offensive line that a guy like Charles Aminahue can stress, now maybe Chris Jones doesn't get a double team and he can wreck the game from the interior. you got to have two guys. you got to have something for somebody to play off of. If Chris Jones isn't on this team, even moving forward here, it is a problem for that defensive line. So... Yes, I fully agree that they will and should extend him this offseason. It just, as Nate Taylor's kind of alluding to there, is that going to be something that's happening quickly, or is it going to be like it was in July, like Brett Veach had kind of indicated earlier on in this offseason? Yeah, I, I don't know if I've had the warm fuzzies with some of the responses about Chris Jones' extension this offseason, where it felt like a slam dunk immediately after the season. You heard Chris Jones tweeting out, I want to be a chief for life. I still believe that that to be the case, but it's just like, I don't know if I just have had the warm fuzzies about it. Like, like it's, oh, it's, you know, a lock. And like, I, I still like would heavily anticipate that to be the case. It just, it does. It just feels different. Let's look at the draft though. And, you know, anytime you add to a different defensive front, anytime you add big bodies on either side of the, of, of the line, it's typically a, a smart investment. That being said, we, you know, I know you guys want to talk about the dime. You, we, we talk about Chris Jones. We're going to assume that Chris Jones gets extended. I would be stunned if it didn't. What kind of investment do you think that she should make? And do you like, like, like what's the earliest you'd feel comfortable? And you can, you can tie specific players to this if you'd like. Um, whatever you feel comfortable with or however you want to do this, Maddie. So here's the thing the Chiefs need a nose tackle. Derek Nadi wasn't getting the job done last year. He was losing snaps to Colin Saunders. The Chiefs also brought Brandon Williams in to compete. Nadi still played a lot of snaps, but like he was not this clear-cut you guy that they want out there on every first and second down. And I think he still has kind of taken a step back from where he had been. So the Chiefs do need a nose tackle. My thing is though, don't don't spin draft capital on nose tackles. It's just if not worth it unless they're providing you pass rush, and I don't know if you have that in this class. I don't know if you have a Vita Vea to go out there and give you a little bit of real pass rushes and nose tackles. So instead of even looking for the nose tackle position in the draft, go back to the free agency. Shelby Harris, Michael Brockers, Al Woods. Yes, I'm naming guys all over 30, but the Chiefs are okay paying a veteran over 30 on a one-year deal to come in and play nose tackle. There's guys out there that can come in right away and be the best nose tackle on this team that are available. There's a handful of them that are still available. Brandon Williams, so available. Like they have guys that they could bring in to play that role. So like I do think that's where they should go address the nose tackle spot. Don't get a rookie. Don't use draft capital with the intention of these guys to start. It's just where I would approach the nose tackle specific spot. Craig, real yeah. quick, I want to jump. I want to jump in here real quick because we do have to take a break. And then we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Man, I took that break with such urgency. I scared Jordan a little bit, I think. Uh... Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate everybody that is watching. KCSN Draft Guide releases on Wednesday. This is the last time you'll talk to all three of us before the guide releases on Wednesday. Uh, 300 plus pages of Chief specific content. $12.99. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I've had a sneak preview because I'm putting it together. Pretty good. Uh, Our buddy Matt Stagner from AP, uh, he wrote a incredible season review it's always does oh my gosh this is my favorite one it's my favorite one oh, i can't wait for you can't wait i cannot wait for you I'm gonna go cheat go read it right now uh <laughs> you can't which is what something is i'm going to hold over your head right now you False. haven't seen it yet uh you could probably you could probably email stags or text that i got i got my i got i got my fingers in all sorts of different pots here i can get there all right, back to the defensive tackle. The draft capital needed to add uh, or to to use slash. I mean, yeah, you said it. There's some there's some interesting free agent options there, Craig. Yeah, there is. Um, I you know you've got some dudes in free agency. If you wanted to add another guy, Brandon Williams could come back to this team and help round out the nose tackle position. The only way that I'm taking a nose tackle at this point is if a guy you know is really falling. Like you're sitting in day three. The guys that you like are off the board. Keandre Coburn's there. You're looking at him going, hey, I really like that guy. He's a good locker room fit. He's going to be a guy that we're just going to kind of sit and forget the nose tackle position for four years. Yeah, make the move there. Where I'm looking as more of a penetrator here. Turk Wharton is in this role right now, but he's on a one-year deal. Like They just brought him back for a one-year deal. They're going to need somebody to be next to Chris Jones in the dime to kind of spell him a little bit in the nickel and in base. And then eventually you want a guy that can kind of take over for Chris Jones. In the meantime, you want to have a tandem of guys that can really get after the passer and play really well as penetrating down linemen. I'm on board with spending 
even like pick 63 or 95 on that sort of guy because I feel like that's where the sweet spot is. If you told me that you went and you added Kalijah Cansey to this defensive line, I'd be kind of excited about it just as a penetrating defensive lineman, just thinking of it solely from the point of a guy that can get after the passer a little bit from that perspective. Dexter's another guy that you could look at there. I'm just not targeting big space eaters to try and free up Chris Jones. I want a guy that when the opposition doubles Chris Jones is going to make them pay for most of the single teams that he receives. And most of that's going to be in the dime in some of their lighter nickel packages. That's where I'm looking to add maybe another defensive lineman here because they can go get nose tackles off the street to do basically what they ask their nose tackles to do. Well, the interesting thing about this class to me, too, is I think there's a lot of nose tackles that are going to be available in this draft when you look up, you know, up and down. So I I'm actually a proponent of investing at the nose tackle position somewhere on day three, because I think that's where value could be. You know, guys, you know, we, we Broderick Martin out of Western Kentucky, uh, Gerard Clark, another space eater out of Coastal Carolina. There's a lot of guys like that that are going to be available on day three of the draft. I think it's actually a way to maximize getting value on day three of someone that can actually come in and contribute in a limited role. Like you want to talk about hitting on a day three pick. I think these are the kind of guys that you can, you know, you can grab one of them late and be able to to introduce them into your defense, you know, give them a little opportunity and then send Derek Naughty, uh, wish him well after this season, you know? Uh, so I think there's a potential that just some of these guys that are out there, there's some true nose tackle type players in this draft that are very, very intriguing to me, which that might be part of the reason that the free agency class is what it is at this point too. Obviously the valuation on that position is kind of shrinking a little bit too. Before we move on from defensive tackle though, Maddie, I do have something we need to talk about. And I want to ask you about because we were playing around today and both of us separately mock. Hopefully it's Brian, defensive tackle talk. It is. It's, it's, it's Brian Brissy uh, out of Clemson. We both separately mocked him into the Chiefs in round one as yep. one of those potential, hey, if the Chiefs are going best player available, this is one of those guys that could be best player available. Brian Brissy very well could fit that mold. You're talking about a guy that can penetrate into a gap. There you go. I mean, but how do you feel about round one Brian Brissy? I think you're getting probably really good value. You're probably getting a best player available type guy there at the end of round one. They're the football athlete that Brzee is is fantastic. Uh, if you go back to just his true fresh, freshman film, he was a monster. He's battled through injuries, off field like family issues. Like he's battled through a lot of stuff throughout his college career. Right, this guy has not had it easy, but you can't deny the football athlete on the field. The one. I don't want to say issue, but the hard part with Brzee is where does he play in this Chiefs defensive line? Because he can't go play nose tackle even for a couple reps. That's not his game. He's quite literally just a spell to Chris Jones or a third down pass rusher. And that's fine. I have no issues with that. But what are you doing if you lock Chris Jones up for three more years that, you know, and you have Tershawn Wharton and Brian Brzee? You have a lot of guys that I don't know how you're putting on the field together at the same time. And that's not an issue by itself with a round one pick is that the best way to expend draft capital is drafting that particular play I don't know I like the talent I love the player I think you can make it work maybe you try to use him like Calais Campbell where he plays a lot as a strong side defensive end and then reduces inside that's another possibility like I think there's ways to make it work 
But back to Craig's point, I think you look at the sec day two, day or like late day two, round two, round three. He mentioned some guys, but Mozzie Smith, Keanu Benton, Eklund Roy, uh, Zach Pickens. There's a whole host of guys that I think could double as a solid three tech and a solid nose tackle. Maybe they're not elite in either one, but you get a full three down. You're replacing Colin Saunders with an upgrade, and you could do that on day two. That's where my eyes would go. I'm not upset at Brzee. I just think there's a better fit there on day two, and there's probably six guys that I think are going to go in that range that would make a ton of sense. And I like Brzee as well. Don't get me wrong. He's a round one talent. That's why he's being talked about that way or an early round two talent. But I'm with Matty in the perspective that he's looking at it there. I'm with him because I look at other guys that maybe I also like in this draft, like maybe a Dante Stills that isn't the same kind of player, but not far off from a size and weight perspective. He's a couple inches shorter, about 10 pounds lighter, but a similar athletic profile and similar length. And Stills is a guy that you can play on the edge on some of the early downs and then kick him inside. And he looks good in both perspectives there. Just not a guy that's played a ton on the interior all the time there, West Virginia. That front is wild to watch. It just moved dudes around a line all over the place, so he's got lots of experience. But that's why when I look at Brissy, I'm like, I get it. I get his fit, and I understand it. And He's certainly a better player right now, but I'd almost rather take the gamble later on that type of guy that isn't just a super ideal fit for the formation right now with a guy like Stills. All right, time to move on to the quarterback position. Uh, Andy Reid cheeseburger scale on quarterback. Do do I need to run it down, or do you think you two running it down at the beginning of the show is good enough? I think what is I, it's probably worth Can you explain it. Sure, we are ranking all the positions on the Andy Reid cheeseburger scale. Okay. Town topic is elite, best of the best. Westport flea market is above average. Whataburger's below average, and McDonald's is, why are we here? What are we doing? I don't want to be around anymore. I, I understand it. Okay, so where does the quarterback position stand on the Andy Reid cheeseburger scale? Uh, can we just remove Mahomes and just do the backup quarterback, or do I have to do the whole thing together? You have to do the whole thing together. Oh, okay, then it's town topic. It's just the problem is I'm going to say it's town topic, and then we're going to talk about the fact that they need to add somebody because Shane Buchel is not a good enough to be a backup quarterback. That's why I was asking, right? Normally, if Sorry. this exercise, I'm putting somebody at town topic. That means there needs to be zero investment, spend zero time worrying about investment, and move on. The problem is they need an investment. Yet they're already a town topic. So like, let's all do with that what you will. Chris. Let's all just acknowledge that the Chiefs' position is town topic. Uh, because Patrick Mahomes on a bad ankle is still better than everyone else in the National Football League. And let's just talk about the quarterback, the backup quarterback position. How about Cam that? Newton might have something to say about that. It really is one of those that you don't really need a stud backup because your entire team is crafted around Patrick Mahomes. Yes, Chad Haney coming in, winning some games. That's awesome. That doesn't move the needle. <laughs> that that <laughs> really doesn't move the needle. Yeah. Shane Buchel is probably not coming in and leading the 99-yard touchdown drive, and that's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. There's something to be said there, but this isn't one that I look at for significant investment. Um, this is one that I see a lot of people making a lot of, oh, I love that Yoder 05 town topic, but no fries. Love it. Absolutely love it. I see a lot of people that are saying, you know, 
it needs to be an investment in day three of the draft. I don't know that day three of the draft really moves the needle any more than Shane Buchel does. Like, I, I think that he... Just bring- calling Kent out. You weren't I, here, I'm right? just saying. We did, a, we did a mock draft where we let the people decide, and Kent tried to push Aiden O'Connell on the people for like did. four I tried rounds. to push Clayton Toon on the people. Thank you very uh, much. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I was going to say, if it's Aiden, of course, because Aiden's going to be a guy that's going to be awesome in the film room, and that is what that position is at this point. A guy to help Patrick in the film room. I don't know that a rookie's going to be that guy. Like, what is Aiden O'Connell going to come in? I like Aiden O'Connell. He's a very smart dude. What is he going to come in and offer to Patrick Mahomes at this point? If anything, Patrick's going to be showing him the ropes more. There's going to be more stuff there. If this position is really just kind of a, hey, a second set of eyes sort of deal, and then if you got to take some snaps, well, let's hope that Patrick can get back on the field in a hurry. Well, guess what? Shane Buchel can do that just as well as anybody else. So for me, I don't think it matters. Like, I don't think the lack of fries here matters at all, at least not to me. I think it's a Maddie Lane kind of scenario at Town Topic because you probably have two cheeseburgers is really what it is. Because that's how good Patrick LeVon Mahomes is. You skip the fries. Two like you could just skip the fries because you got two cheeseburgers. Is really he <laughs> got, yeah, fifteen cheeseburgers. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate it, everybody that is. I I tend to I tend to lean like I would rather Clayton Tune be the Shane Bouchel update or upgrade rather than be the third quarterback behind Shane Bouchel. There's still some free agents out there, you know. You, you know, we could throw a we could throw a Blaine Gabbard out there. We could throw a you know Chase Daniels still around. Uh, you could throw like a a Brett Ripon, John Wolford. Like there's there's some names out there that you could see the Chiefs maybe grabbing at a near vet minimum deal. Do any of those do it for you? Is that good enough for you guys? If if we if we throw like a, a Blaine Gabbard out there, is that fine? Cool. Moving on. I mean, I feel a lot better if they have a Blaine Gabbard out there because I think that he can come in and has a chance to lead a drive that scores a touchdown. And I'm not saying that Shane Michelle can't. It's just I have no reason right now to think that he can't. I just haven't quite seen it. When he came in at the preseason, I know a lot of Chiefs fans liked it because there was some success. But boy, just the control of a preseason offense just looked a lot different than it even it did for Chad Henney. And I think you see that when the live shots get fired for Henney. He was still very much in control every chance he got. I think Gabbert could come in and be in control for a series, for a game. So, like, yeah, it would make me feel better. I don't know, though, if the Chiefs are that interested in bringing in an older veteran that doesn't really know the system at this point in time. You no longer bring in somebody to help Mahomes learn the NFL now you're just kind of trying to bring in somebody that is going to study film with him that he's going to get along with and help him see things differently. I don't know if that has to be a vet. So, like, I don't know. That's what, It's a weird spot for the Chiefs. I don't know if it has to be a veteran anymore. You might just need somebody to sit in the room with him and go over what they see versus what he sees. I mean, and to be fair, Matt Nagy's here. Like, I mean, they, that does make a big difference having Matt Nagy here. Um, not to say that Eric Bieniemy couldn't offer some things here and there, but it's a different sort of beast having that guy that's as comfortable with the quarterback position as he is being the other voice in the room. So if you did want to tell me that they were going to take another swing on a talent at some point just to kind of see, build somebody up, 
trade him off. I mean, at this point, Patrick Mahomes is going to be playing for this team for another decade. So a lot of the other Andy Reid-isms, oh, develop a quarterback and trade him for picks. Like, you're not going to get that. That's not happening because he's not going to see the field in the same way that some of those other dudes did. So from that perspective, if you wanted to add that in, but I think that Matt Nagy moves the needle enough to where you don't have to have a veteran at that point. Yeah, it's it's just a weird middle ground to be in because, like, you know, Mahomes, he's, it's not a youth thing for Mahomes. It's a, like, what do you want in the room kind of thing with him. And I think that's what the, what is the fascinating question. You want someone, if you want a guy that's played a lot of football <laughs> that knows the offense, I'm not advocating for this. I am not advocating for this. Carson Wentz is out there. <laughs> I am not advocating for that. Have you ever felt like Carson Wentz was the guy that's like going to help you get no. command of no. a room and or what you're seeing? On... How much do we think that Dougie P's vouching for Carson Wentz? <laughs> so listen, just get, let's just get the best of both worlds. Get the veteran and the young guy. Get Stetson Bennett in the building. He's the same age as Blaine Gabbert. And yet you can still draft him. It's perfect. Chase Daniel knows the offense, too. There's the other one. Say also the same age as Stetson Bennett, so it works out either way. That's a very good point. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Stetson Bennett. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate everybody hanging out. Uh, like I said, the KCSN Draft Guide is releasing on Wednesday. Uh, through 300-plus pages of Chiefs-specific draft content. And you get three months to KCSN Substack when you purchase it for $12.99. The link to purchase is in the district description of this show, whether you're watching or listening right now. Link is in the description of the show. Uh, make sure you pre-order so that when it launches on release day on Wednesday, you get it sent to your inbox ready to roll. So let's talk. Let's move to one of one other position tonight. We're gonna go to the interior offensive lineman on the Andy Reid cheeseburger scale. Maddie tried to do this at the launch of this sec of this uh, series uh, by clumping everyone together. But Matthew, where does the interior offensive line rank? On the Andy Reid cheeseburger scale. So not accounting for the tackles. Go back. They are, they are definitely a uh, a town topic cheeseburger here with your fries. Whatever you want with it, this interior offensive line unit is giving you. You have the best center in the NFL. 
You have arguably the best guard, worst case, the top four guard in the NFL. Trey Smith is not as good as those two guys overall, but a lot of what the Chiefs do on offense, specifically in the run game, funnels through him. He is a guy that allows you to do some very specific things very well. He matters a ton, and he's a plus-plus starter, right? So you have all three of the guys across the interior that are starting are good. Nick Allegretti can step in any game you need him and give you adequate snaps at all three positions on the interior. That's a big bonus player. Austin Ryder has played in a Super Bowl. He's won the, like he's won a Super Bowl while playing. So like, and that's another backup. Like, can I? Can I like, I think Austin Ryder's been here for at least parts of two seasons now. And he started a Super Bowl for this team and can't sniff the field, see the field. Like, it's incredible. Just that perspective on where we started on this interior offensive line five, six years ago to where we are now. It's just absurd. Sorry. Well, and then Mike Caliendo, I, the guy, I'm not saying there's great things, but he, I think he acquitted himself well last year in the preseason. Like, this is a very good interior offensive line. There's starters and there's depth there, I think. So, like, yeah, this is, this is the biggest town topic burger I think you can get. Yeah, um, it, it's it's like A5 Wagyu beef cooked at Town Topic. I mean, like, it, this is top-notch. It, it, it's the best position group that the Chiefs have on their entire roster. They have made some significant investment in here, but it has paid off. You know, it hasn't always been the case with Brett Veach when he goes in, tries to make big splash moves, tries to focus on position groupings. It doesn't always work out this way, but it most definitely has and Patrick Mahomes very comfortable in that pocket because of those guys so much so that this would be the single most frustrating position that they could draft in the first three days uh, or the first two days of the draft first three rounds of the draft of any position that's out there yes Joe Tooney's getting older they need to be thinking about his replacement soon but this is not something that they need to focus hard on because it is so good and there's not a ton of real monetary investment in it at this point like you spread out joe tooney's cap hit over the other two guys you're still in a very comfortable spot on your interior offensive line so i they're set i don't expect them to make big moves but i do expect that they might look for a guy maybe a little bit later it was just massive for them to be able to get you know creed at, I mean, we talk about significant investment. Like it was the big Joe Tooney trade or Joe, Joe Tooney uh, free agency signing, but then just hitting in the sixth round on Trey Smith and hitting in a big, big way in the second round on Creed is just a game changer for this offensive line. And the Chiefs went and they, and we'll look at the entire offensive line for a second. You know, when they grabbed Joan Taylor at the tackle spot on the left, at the left tackle, you know, there's a, there's still a path to them being able to, be good now they could be really good for the next two years if they you know if they choose to um or they could look for alternatives to move on from joe Tur- from joe tooney after this season that is the how good of a job they've done managing the the interior of their offensive line um so i guess i, I want to ask i guess i, I want to talk to you guys about this the answer we talk a lot about like a lot of the interior offensive linemen for the chiefs tend to be former tackles. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs like a best five approach to a degree, but a lot of times tackles kick inside. If there's a guy with inside-out flexibility, 
at 95. I can see the juice of that to me. Matthew's favorite player in the draft, big salad, Nick Saldaveri. Tackle out, you know, he plays tackle, but he's got some, you know, ability to play all five. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they wouldn't take that, Craig. Like, honestly, like, I think that there's a chance they could, they could take somebody as soon as pick 95, you know, that kind of fits the profile of a tackle ish. You know, that's probably going to be a guard at the next level, but they're still taking him because he's got that tackle flexibility. Matt, you want to talk about your guy, Nick Salaberry? Go for it. Right, because he had said your name, and now I'm thrown off now. Um, But anyway, with Big Salad here, here's the thing, though, about drafting him in third round or whatever. You let him compete at tackle. You don't have to move him to guard right away. So from that aspect, like, I think Craig, who said that he'd be surprised if they invested in the interior offensive line here— if they drafted a guy that the job is or the goal is to come in and compete for that tackle spot until he fails and then moves in, who cares? And that that move probably doesn't happen this year, and they don't need it to happen this year. It probably wouldn't happen until at earliest next offseason. So at that point in time, you're drafting a tackle that you have a backup plan for. So, I mean, I personally think that's something that they should keep there. And I, I don't think they... You shouldn't draft a tackle this year if you're the Chiefs with the purpose of moving them to the interior. But if that's a fallback plan that player has, which looking through the non-day one uh, offensive tackles, every single offensive tackle in this class might be better at guard. So, like, have at it. Yeah, I mean, I I like Southbury. Like, he, he's a good football player. It would make sense. And that's that's kind of the caveat. That's the asterisk there. You know, if you are giving him the opportunity to play tackle, I'm completely on board with that investment. If not, be looking for those guys that, you know, they, they've done a really good job of targeting those types of guys and getting good production out of them. You wanted to tell me that Braden Daniels, who has played both tackle spots and has some inside versatility, probably needs to kick inside because of his arm length. That's a guy out of Utah that could kick inside beyond the interior. Anthony Bradford from LSU has positioned at so many different positions, but both tackle spots as well. Those are the guys that that Andy Reid loves like that is exactly the type of player that Andy Reid loves so if you're just looking for a guy to kind of round out the room that's what I'm talking about target those guys in day three because who knows you might find a Wiley out of that group and you're just like oh hey we we can live with this arm leg we can live with this a little bit more because his technique's good enough he's a mean enough blocker in the run game if not worst case scenario you've got another Nick Allegretti on your roster somebody that can help develop Darian Kennard. We'll go ahead and throw him in there as well. Somebody that you can keep on the interior. You don't feel bad about it because you didn't make such a heavy investment in the pick. I wouldn't be stunned to see the Chiefs go and grab an interior offensive lineman somewhere on day three, especially considering Nick Allegretti is on a one-year deal and you know you have potential the ability to move on from Joe Tooney at some point if you do feel like it. You know, if you find value, you know, somewhere. Um so it one other quick question, and this isn't a, this isn't a super realistic scenario, but it's just looking at the board and looking at everything. Let's say the Chiefs take care of wide receiver first. Okay, so they've got wide receiver off the board, so they've taken they've drafted Quinton Johnston. Let's say his teammate Steve Avila is there at sixty three, one of the better guards in the draft, uh-huh. best player available. How tempted are you to go grab Steve Avila? Not, um, I think the Chiefs 
do like to draft best player available when they can, but I think there is a very clear line of a position that while it's the best player available, you don't need to heavily invest in it, and especially when you have that position already filled up. We sit here and talk about how Joe Tooney's contract you can get out of after this year. I mean, yeah, but you're still eating a fair bit of cash. Like, I don't I don't think their goal is to get out of Joe Tooney's contract after this season. If it happens, if his play declines significantly this year and they want to, sure. But I'm pretty sure they're still going to have to eat 13 million dead cap. So, like, I don't think that's their plan. So why would you want to spend in top 100 pick on a guy who's kind of only path to playing is somebody getting hurt out of your interior three. I think that, yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, they could, they, they could potentially, yeah, they could, I think they could, they could post June one and spread that, you know, cut over two years and, you know, they could save 16 million and get a cap next year if they really wanted to. So like, that's kind of like, I'm not necessarily ad like, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating. I just was kind of curious. I like it's the thought experiment stuff. Just Where? take your offensive tackle that if they fail at tackle, they can kick inside. If if Saldaveri, if Wanya Morse, if one of these Tyler Steen, if one of these offensive tackles comes in and they, you don't think can cut at a tackle, you move them to guard. And same thing, if they perform well, you now have your replacement for Tooney if you want to move on. Or you have your Nick Allegretti replacement until Joe Tooney's ready to move on. To like, I think that was kind of Craig's point earlier. So like, I think you just go tackle to a guy that transfers inside. If I have one guy that's an offensive guard only that I would love for them to draft on day three, one day that's a guard only. It's the only guy, Antonio Mafia out of UCLA. Mm. This dude's a fire hydrant, literally a little, a little fire hydrant. Now, I don't know if the Chiefs' offense would love to have him and Trey Smith. Like that's kind of two offensive guards that do the same general thing and how they play. Different body types, but they do the same thing. I think the Chiefs get by because Joe Tooney is so good at pass protection. I do think maybe they would want to hunt another good pass protecting offensive guard rather than another, you know, mauler. But still, I think Antonio Mafi's great. So, like, if there is one pure offensive guard pick that I would get behind is Mafi on day three. I'm not fine with that. Yeah. No, I, I that would be great. There's good value. There's a lot of picks that they have in day three of the draft. I mean, I think half their picks are on day three of, of the draft, if I remember, or six of them. Might be actually if not, I think about it. Yeah, so they've got some they've got some you know opportunities I think to to address that position uh, on day three of the draft. It'll be interesting to see if they do. We'll be here to break it all down. April's upon us. It's going to be a lot of fun here on KC Sports Network. You've already seen a lot of the draft breakdown stuff that we're already doing here at KC Sports Network. You're going to be getting a prospect every single day until the draft. Uh, me and Sean Barber breaking down different players. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button on the way out. We appreciate everybody. Buy the draft guide. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.